Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. I'm Doug Keck, and I'm joined by my co-host, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, for another edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the program that features the best of Mother's live show questions from viewers over the years and her powerful and insightful responses. Great to see you again, Father. Always good to be with you, Doug, and to learn a few more things from our dear Mother Angelica. Absolutely. We've got some interesting topics to take on on our program. We've got a caller having to do with praying for conversion, uh, a person uh, who's maybe living in the past. Uh, Mother deals with someone who's never getting tired of smiling, and Mother explains why she has some (laughs) trouble smiling. And also, how can I become a Catholic? Well, let's talk about the first one, the praying for conversion. Yeah, you know, there's a wonderful group I've had on the Church Universal, I think four times, in fact, and once in Ireland, is the Catholic Grandparents Association dealing with these very topics, right? That children have left the faith, grandchildren right. are not being baptized. And I think that this group just has some wonderful support. Um, as Mother brings out here, you can't force the situation as much as you'd want it to be different. But there are things that grandparents can do to be a positive influence and help their grandchildren also to grow in their prayer life. Absolutely. I think one of the great gifts even of EWTN programming, especially in the afternoon, is a lot of grandparents are watching their grandchildren during the day because Mm -hmm. uh, the mom might be working, and it's a great opportunity to kind of evangelize your grandkids uh, through watching EWTN's kids programming. Uh, and 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 modeling those kinds of things like, you know, prayer before meals and things like that. Yeah, and uh, Catherine, who's the head of the Catholic Grandparents Association, she talks about that, her own impact with her grandchildren, teaching them prayers. And one time she was flying with a granddaughter who was nervous because they were having some turbulence. And uh, so they just said a prayer to the guardian angel there. And there's little ways that grandparents can have a profound impact on their grandchildren. Absolutely. And it's interesting, too, because you would think that Mother would have said, oh, you got to baptize. She's not mm-hmm. necessarily happy with the priest's comments, but mm-hmm. she realizes you can't just go and take it into your own hands. Yes, and canon law says that there needs to be a founded hope that the child will be raised in the faith. So it's that element needs to be part of that, too, in their being received into the church. Um, so, yeah, we do what we can. We pray and try to be a a good example. Exactly. Let's see specifically how Mother responded in this call about praying for conversion. We have a call. Hello? Uh, Hello, Mother Angelica? Yes. Uh, I'm calling to ask if you could give any advice to so many grandparents in the world today that have to see their grandchildren go unbaptized because their own children have left the Catholic Church, uh, in my case, for a fundamentalist church. And they're leaving it up to the child to decide when they get older whether or not they want to be baptized. We're told by our parish priests to just pray and not do anything. Uh, What do you tell us? 
That's, I think, a very sad situation to be in. Very sad. I think the church believes and really says that, that a church, a child before it's baptized, the church has to be assured that it's going to be reared in the church, that it's not going to have any hindrances. As hard as it is, I think you need to pray. I think you need to, to just uh, do what you can. Uh, a, a couple came to me, oh, it must have been a month ago. And uh, I don't know whether they did right or not, but the child was very sick. And when the parents were gone, they baptized him because they thought he was going to die. Now, we're not praying that everybody gets deathly sick so you can baptize them, but I think you need to pray. You can't force it upon them. You can't force it, but you need to pray very hard. And when they get older, then I would talk to them and explain to them why it's so necessary they be baptized. It's a, it's a very difficult thing, you know. You, you just, it's like a girl that, that I know that wants to be a Catholic so bad and her parents will not allow her and she's living with her parents. She cannot, she's too young to make a living. She's, she's in high school and, and she can't do anything about it. But she prays, she goes to mass when she can. On her way home, she'll sneak into church and say a prayer. She does what she can. But there, I think God is gonna bless your desire and, and, and you pray, he'll take care of those children. I believe you will. But it's hard. You can't force it upon them. I don't think you can. Is that right, Father? Somebody want to tell me? That's right. So let's pray a prayer now for all the unbaptized children. Lord God, there are some, there are many who have never been baptized, who don't even know that those wonderful words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they don't understand the wonders of that sacrament. I ask, Father, tonight that you allow their circumstances in their life to come together so that their grandparents and their parents and, and those who love them so much, but for one reason or another, baptism is not possible. That you will hear the prayers of those who love them and give them the grace to stand before thee one day. That they will get the lights from someone somewhere that tells them the wonders of baptism. That the Almighty God dwells in them at that moment. What a gift, what a grace. Next up, we've got a call that deals with uh, moving on and not living in the past, something Mother always talked against. Yes, and the thing that I thought about where this person was just experiencing this terrible oppression from someone is the truth that, you know, the measure you measure with is going to be measured back to you, and that's if we do good, but also if we're doing evil in some way, it does come back to us. Of course, we don't wish evil on anyone, and that's why Mother says this person needs to be careful. We need to pray for that person because it's a very serious thing what they were doing. 
Absolutely, and I think the point she makes about moving on, don't try to prove anything to them or to other people because it just ends up causing damage to your own soul and psyche. Yeah, time has a way of humbling us all. So we need to be patient. We need to pray for that person. That God gives them the graces that they need. Living in the present moment, Mother would say, move on and don't live in the past. We have another car. Hello? Hello? Where are you from? Um, sister, I'm from Chicago. We're mm-hmm. a suburb of Chicago. And I have a situation that I'm just confused about, and it's, it's related to what you've been talking about. I prayed for someone um, that I worked for for a year. They had a sin in their life, and I don't want to say what that sin is yeah. in the year. Um, but I was really praying against it for a long time. And one day, and it was my fault, this person would continually tell me this was not the case. And at one point I said, well, I know that it is, um, and that's okay, but please not to continue telling me they don't participate in this thing. Um, the next day I was fired because of that. And I continued to pray for the person. I started fasting four days a week, say four to five rosaries a day, go to Mass and Communion every day, and sometimes I go twice to Mass because <laughs> I can't make it till the afternoon, say the St. Michael Chaplet, do the Divine Mercy Chaplet with my arms out, and all, of, all the things I know to do. And I went back and I apologized to the person, and they said, well, they were considering having me come back, and everything was fine, and I should go for unemployment because um, they felt that I had lost the pay. When I went for unemployment, they had filed a complaint. And I was very surprised, and I said, rather than jump to conclusions and believe a lie, I'll go try and find out. But they pursued that. I then went on an interview for another position, and I told the person that I had never you know, wanted the unemployment. I was going to send it to them to kind of show them just my good faith and that my intentions were good and, and whatever had changed their attitude to become spiteful, that I wasn't going to accept it. I went for the position and was hired and given a good salary and a good future. And they said, well, the last thing we want to do is call this person as a courtesy because the type of work is all interrelated. He stopped that from happening. And now I don't have that position. And I'm continuing to pray, but it's just, I don't know, where do you draw the line where you say, well, I move on, and where, where do you stop the staying in prayer constantly? Well, I, I think the Lord is pleased with you. That's what's important, and you do. Continue to pray, but I would move on. Don't try to prove anything to them. You've already tried, and it hasn't worked. But continue to pray, continue to love, continue to forgive. But you've got your own life to live. You have to get a job. And I think you have to pray because this person is in grave danger because they consistently try to do you in for something you haven't done. You see that? People do that all the time. And that's what, why they're so endangered. You know, we can have, we can be without this and that and the other thing that we think is so necessary, but when, when you're without God, when there's nothing but hatred, when you just try to stop somebody from getting a job and, and making a living, that's, that's such a dangerous position to be in. What happened if that person would get killed or something? You're going to face God hating. You're doing the right thing before God, but go on. Don't try to relive and redo. You can't. Just go on and get yourself another job. And, and, and realize that you're pleasing to God. That is all that's important. Nothing else is important. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio.
Let's return to Mother Angelica. Answering the call. With Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us. Doug Kecht along with Father Joseph. Mary Wolf, Mother Angelica answering call. This time, Father, never get tired of smiling. That's an interesting topic for Mother. It is. <laughs> and something about this, um, you know, when... I traveled to Canton, Ohio, with those who had taken care of mother in her last years, nurses and a doctor Mm -hmm. who had taken care of her. We visited St. Anthony's, where mother talks about that in this segment, and we saw the stations where mother would pray. We saw the statue of Our Lady of Sorrows, and I thought, you know, our viewers, I think, would be interested in seeing those. And so we actually created the Way of the Cross, Mother Angelica's The Way of the Cross, with those actual stations and with pictures and that uh, statue of Our Lady of Sorrows. And I thought I was the the one who kept pushing uh, religious catalog (laughs) items, but uh, you surpassed me with that smooth transition there, Father. What I thought was interesting, too, was because the mention of that as well, and also where Mother talks about the little flower, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that is a remarkable story, and St. Therese, of course, mother had made a novena to her as a 19-year-old with this stomach ailment that she talks about, and on the ninth day of that novena was completely healed. She really knew that God loved her when she experienced that. I wonder if that was a time she would smile, because she said, unfortunately, uh, that the way she smiles, her ears move back and forth, and if she (laughs) smiled all day... Her ears would hurt all the time. <laughs> First time I've ever heard that <laughs> complaint from anyone. So that's an interesting thing that Mother always has a little humor to tie in that with that too in her own experiences, you know. But we'll never get tired of being happy in heaven, right? And so that's her point: is that heaven is a place where they will always have that joy and happiness. Right, and at least that maybe will make us smile. Let's see. Never get tired of smiling. Let's see what Mother has to say. We have a call. Hello. Yes, hello, Mother. Hi, where are you from? Massachusetts. What is your question? Um, I have two questions. Yeah. My first one is, what inspired you to be a sister? And my second one is, my father, my grandfather has passed away, and my mother is having some hard grieving times, and when it talks about in the Bible that the soul goes back to heaven, she would like some verses on it. Well, that first question could take all night. Why did I become a nun? Well, I was the most unlikely individual to become a nun, believe me, because I hated them. And I thought they were the meanest people I ever met. (laughs) And so I didn't like them. I was in and out of grade school three times. I quit. My mother took me out, and then I went back, and then some nun did something else, and I, I walked out again, and my mother brought me back. I was a terror. I thought I was right, though, see? Anyway, a nun I would have never been, except. Except, sweetheart, when you're caught up in surviving, and a lot of kids know what I mean now. You somehow get disinterested in God and religion. And as a result, Religion is not a part of what you feel you need. But then I got very sick, and there's that walking on the water coming. You see, God was there, but I didn't know it. And I was healed. I got a stomach disorder. All I could eat was tea and crackers. But I was healed by a very 
wonderful saint called the Little Flower, Jesus. And I began to know that there was a God that loved me. And he knew. He knew I existed. He knew I was in pain. And he, he chose me to be here. See? And so after work, I would go to our little St. Anthony's Church and make stations of the cross. And then, and after that, <clears throat> I would go home. Well, one evening, I made stations of the cross. I went to Our Lady's uh, altar of Our Lady's Sorrows and knelt down to say my prayers. And I looked at her, and I knew I had a vocation. I knew that I had to give my entire life to the Lord and give it all. And it looked absolutely impossible as I was walking in the water again, you see. I had to wait till I was 21 and I had to run away from home to do it. I just left work and went to the monastery. And my mother had a fit. My grandmother had another fit. My uncles had a fit. The whole neighborhood was in an uproar. And that's how I got my vocation. The first time I knew for sure Jesus loved me. And that's the purpose of this network, sweetheart. It's to tell all of you Jesus loves you. Have courage. Stand tall. Now your second question what happens to the body and soul at death? Well, the body decays. And immediately, the soul rises from the body at death and faces Jesus right there. Our dear Lord said in the scriptures, do not worry. There are many mansions in my father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. He told the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees one day when they were walking, wondering about the resurrection. And he said to them, well, we talk about the God of Isaac and Abraham and Jacob. God is a God of the living, not the dead. There is a heaven. We got a little detours, we are. I hate to say this. We don't go straight up. We see God and then we kind of bounce down a little bit. We call that purgatory. And then at some point, the Lord raises us up forever and ever and ever and ever. You can't imagine being absolutely, totally, completely happy forever. I have a hard time with that because my ears move back when I smile. I got some kind of special brainwave up here. And if I smile all day, my ears hurt. <laughs> they hurt. All my ears, both of them, they get real sore, you see, because if I smile, my, my ears go back, and nobody else's ears go back but mine. I can't imagine everybody with stuck-on ears, see? <laughs> but it seems like 95 or 99% of the people's ears are stuck there, but mine move. And so you wonder, how come I, I get tired smiling? Well, in heaven, we'll never get tired smiling. We'll never get tired being happy. We'll never be tired. There'll be no tears, no pain. 
Oh, no fatigue. I can't imagine it. I wake up tired. Wake up tired. See, none of the things you can think. Everybody will love you. Can you imagine that? Oh. And I got news, you're going to love everybody else. Can you imagine that? I <laughs> know <laughs> too many people love everybody. It's going to be so wonderful. And the Lord promised there will be a banquet in my father's house that I will serve you. Oh, can you imagine being served by Jesus in his kingdom? Wow. The wonderful place. It's all over here. I have come. And one day we shall be together in my father's house. And closing things out on this program, we have a question, Father. A person uh, called into Mother and asked, how can I become Catholic? Why is that even a question? Yeah, because uh, we all want the fullness of life in Christ, right? And so that's what really becoming Catholic enables us to be able to do. And Mother brings out the, the fact that this person is going to bring a lot of richness into the faith. You know, I had a professor in seminary, Dr. John Sayward, a wonderful mm -hmm. holy a convert himself. And um, he said that converts bring a shot of spiritual adrenaline into the church you know, because they have so much to offer. And I think they appreciate even more the treasures that we have in our Catholic faith. Right, and I think if you look to it's so many like a Scott Hahn or Peter Kraft or other mm -hmm. people, and it's just to name a few uh, who are, are converts who did bring that in and, and did bring that, like you said, that energy. Because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, when you, when you have something you've always had, right. you don't really value it as much until you lose it. Exactly. And somehow when we go through life, uh, it's a wonderful thing for us to re receive the sacraments and to make that progress through our life. But sometimes we don't appreciate them like someone who's never had the Eucharist right. their whole life, for example. And all of a sudden has that. And uh, also dealing with sometimes priests who say, well, why don't you just stay where you are? I don't think mm -hmm. Mother agrees. Let's see what she has to say. We have another call. Hello? Hello. I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Good. What is your question? Well, I've been born and raised a Baptist, and I would like to know how I can become a very good Catholic. Oh, I bet you will. I just know you will. Find a good priest. I hate to say I have to say it this way. And the only reason I say it is because a good friend of mine who is not Catholic went to a priest recently, and he said, why do you want to become a Catholic? Find a good priest, a priestly priest. And all you need to go is to say, Father, I want to be a Catholic. And he should open his arms and welcome you. And I welcome you. And I know, I know you will be a good one. You know your scripture. And once you know Jesus in the Eucharist, you will have the whole faith. So you're going to have to go to a priest, number one. It'll probably take a year or so, because you've got to learn. There's so many things in the church that I'm 73. And all these 52 years, I still, every day, learn something new about God, see, and about the church. 
If what I would do if I were you is to buy a Catholic, the new Catholic catechism, the new Catholic catechism, and go and try to enter uh, a, a, um, a class for converts and keep reading it. Well, if you're worried about your family, well, if you're of age, don't worry. You just have to do what you have to do. We have to leave mother, father, brother, sister, sometimes home and land. And wherever you are, those of you that want to be converts, if you're not in a place where you can find a good Catholic, get the catechism and begin to read. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.